Smartcast. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Music, horror, art, politics, bad assery. Welcome to Society Thirteen. You want to see something really scary? You bet. Music. Horror. Art. Politics. And overall badass. Welcome to Kettle Whistle Radio. For real. On Society 13 Networks. Kettle Whistle Radio, we have a return, I, I don't know, how, how do I even introduce you anymore? My publisher, <laughs> Gary Lee Vincent, has been a busy man. I was going to turn the mic over just to you and just say, okay. you, you have so much going on, it's ridiculous right now. Yeah, I, I don't know really how all this has happened, but I think uh, I'm just in a very explosive time in my life and career. Hey. Um, yeah, it's it's been crazy. Uh, for those of you who don't know who I am, I'm Gary Lee Vincent. Uh, I started out uh, working with books mainly, and as David can attest to, as I worked with uh, with him as in our little publishing co-op. Little, Ball. little, yeah. little, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Burning Bowl, Burning Bowl Publishing, Burning Bowl Publishing. It's just blowing up. Yes, yes. Um, so in that. Uh, Burning Ball has led me to several different endeavors, uh, but mainly we're really a family of like horror writers and actors and artists, and um, and partly that that got me into acting. And um, we did a little project back uh, last year uh, called Belly Timber, and I'm just leading into how all this got started. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, 
with uh, Belly Timber uh, was a was a uh, movie book cooperative, a small um, a small independent filmmaking company out of Indianapolis uh, Horror Wasteland International um, was making this horror movie, and John Russo, myself, and Solon Sangaris, um, we oh, all God. got together. Yep, we got together. And <laughs> Not we, him again. We yes, <laughs> we we can we conceptualize, conceptualize the novel. Of, of the movie that was coming out. So the movie's still being made, but the exercise got me a part in the movie. So that was actually my first uh, acting gig. And to give some perspective here, um, I am 41 years old, and this was when I was 40. And between then and now, um, <laughs> this might sound crazy. <laughs> it's not. But I've been, I've been in 17 film projects. Wow, I thought it was 15. Uh, yes. I thought well, we were at 15. It was when I talked to you earlier. Um, it was, but I did two movies this past weekend. Oh my God. Um, yeah. So I would, I've done a total of 15 movies and two TV series. And, um, <laughs> I saw that shot. I saw that shot of you as a, 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 a trooper, a state trooper, a policeman. Yeah. Well, that's that, a badass that, scene, man. <laughs> that particular picture, I'm playing a, a, a officer, a city officer in a movie called Killer Campout. And uh, that one's being shot uh, in Maryland and West Virginia uh, by Brad Twig and the crew of Fuzzy Monkey Films. And that's <laughs> <laughs> that was the one of the that was the project I did this past weekend. And um, I'm working with a joint task force in that movie where there's two uh, sheriffs. Uh, one's a sheriff and one's a deputy, and they're looking for uh, these missing people that are out in the woods camping. Or there's, there's a missing persons report, and they're out in the woods looking for them. And uh, some of them go camping, some of them just disappear. And it's it's a straight up horror movie in the vein of uh, Friday the Thirteenth. Nice. So um, <laughs> it's uh, it's it's got all the good slasher gore. Um, got a lot of cameos in it. Um, we even got a, a cameo from uh, H.G. Luke. Well, Plus, uh, who's let me tell you here, uh, known for- <laughs> Gary. Uh, I, I gotta say, this is the hundred and fiftieth episode of Kettle Whistle Radio. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Congratulations! Milestone. That's yeah, awesome. That's a, I wanted you on because uh, you did give me my start in writing. Of course, you and John Towers helped me out. Um, and we. Oh, by the way, we're going to Cinema Wasteland. Uh, what is that? Oh, it's October. Oh, geez, Cinema Wasteland in Ohio. What a blast! You've been there, right? Um, I have been there as a as a guest. I've never been there as a vendor or you know. I just been there as as a fan. You know, I've never been there as a. I was as there as a, a drunk. I was there as a drunk more than once. But um, no, I was <laughs> I was there as a, a vendor as well. Did very well there. Great time. There's actually an interview on the the YouTube's if you want to see that where I talk about the horrific things around me. But um, yeah. <laughs> but Gary Gary Lee Vincent was the guy that got me published for the first time and and started the drug. We'll say that does. <laughs> stop. Um, yeah, I've got all kinds of stuff brewing right now. And uh, the big one right now, and Gary, you got to check out on the website. I, I updated www.fairlydarkproductions.com. Demon Eye, the trailer yes. is there. That's a badass trailer. Uh, the comic book is just so great. And I, I have to ask you, like, where did you find Little Son? Our, uh, she is just this wonderful illustrator. Unbelievable oh, artist. Yeah, she is amazing. Um the she one thing about one of the things about burning bulb publishing is that we we are all over we're an international group of an of evil artists. evil band and, of pirates <laughs> and um we uh 
we use what makes us great, even though we're a small press, is our ability to tap into the skill sets of a wide range of talented people. Yes. Um, one of the things that uh, we we look for a lot of times, just when we're publishing the novels or whatever, uh, we're always trying to come up with some kind of clever cover design, uh, and sometimes that will involve, you know, with Photoshop. Sometimes it's photographs. Sometimes it's it's uh, artistic drawings or paintings, and that is uh, how that I found uh, Little Son was that um, she was an artist uh, online, and um, I approached her about doing some uh, commission drawings for different things, and it worked out that her art was just so incredible yes. that I thought she would be a really good fit for the Demon Eye project because she's able to, as you can you can attest, yes. she's able to capture. A very American style comic that's also equally parts uh, manga. Yes. And, um, so that you have this unique, really unique look that still is familiar in a sense that, um, that it's, it's really well done. I mean, it, and then it helps to bring the story of Demon Eye to a totally new level. Yes. Um, and it's, it also, what I like about comics is that um, it can give a person a vision for if they were ever trying to make a, a film or a short or Thank something. Yeah. This is this is a storyboard, and it's a very well done storyboard. Yeah, look what Hollywood's doing. They're using storyboards from uh, Marvel and DC. And- exactly. Yeah, that's in fact there, there's no coincidence why the comic books uh, movies are are uh, really being the forerunner of what Hollywood's making these days, it's because one entire chunk of the production has already been done for them Boom. with the storyboarding. And that's the same way with The Walking Dead. It mm-hmm. was a highly successful comic book first, and it follows those comics very closely. Yes. And um, so it, uh, it's, it's no coincidence that those things are marrying up like they are. Yes. And, um, and it's important to point out that Demon Eye was really our, our second attempt at a comic because most of the things that we've done have all been with, um, with mainly novels or a couple anthology projects as well. But, but that, uh, and that was, uh, it really was the right kind of story for a comic. Yes. And, uh, Thank you. <laughs> and so it, it Explores the you know, nice visual landscape there. Yeah, well, thanks to you. Um, and that's uh, again at indieplanet.com or burningbulbcomics.com, correct? Yes, yes. Burningbulbcomics.com will direct you to the uh, Indie Planet landing page, which has our two comics. Yes. Both of them are from the same universe. Um, yeah. Uh, the <laughs> the Westward Ho's Bizarro universe. Yes. Um, and so uh, the 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 first one we came up with, which was our tap in our dabble into the into the <laughs> comic world, was called the Talesman, um, and that was also based on a short story in Westward Hose. And of course, the second one, being Demon Eye, both of them are episode ones because they're both their own storylines. Um, but yes. in, in, if a person is a comic collector, they just can go to burningbulbcomics.com and grab one of each. And these are very unique comics that are very well done, um, very well written, very, not because I've had a hand in <laughs> the production of it, but, but the, the truth is, is that when I do get involved in something, I always try to give it the absolute best attention that I can. And, um, so, so that, and that is, uh, really what you see with Burning Ball Publishing is that 
you have a, a line of high quality stories, original content, um, and decent, uh, you can see a decent amount of effort and attention was put into these things. Absolutely. We're going to take a quick break here. We got to pay the bills. And folks, if you want to hear the best, best podcast I've heard yet on conspiracy theories, Mr. John Towers and my girl, Martise, the Abercrast, go, well, Abercrast, I, I don't know how he pronounces <laughs> it, but, but go to society-13.com and listen to the latest episode because I laughed my ass off for about an hour and a half. Uh, but we'll be right back with, uh, Kettle Whistle Radio. Thanks for listening. And we'll be right back with Gary Vincent.
Hey folks, thanks for tuning in. That was Mad Drunk by Idiot Stare, a really great industrial band out from L.A., although I thought they were European. What can I tell you? Great band. Uh, some tragedy there, uh, but nicest guys in the world, and thank you for letting me uh, play your music. We're here with Gary Lee Vincent right now, publisher extraordinaire. I want to say actor, writer. Uh, what else aren't you doing? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, actor, writer producer <laughs> yeah um yes uh thanks for having me on david of course. Uh, we were just we were just talking about different projects yeah and, way overdue uh, having you on again. yes yes um and you'd mentioned you want to talk a little bit about josh hancock josh one of our authors hancock what a nice guy and that yeah. the girls of october was an incredible book wow i can just say that it, it he has two two great books the first one being as you mentioned, The Girls of October, and then he also followed it up with another uh, book called The Devil and My Daughter. Um, but uh, the, going to The Girls of October, that book, there's just something magical about it. It's been flying off the shelves. I mean, it uh, it's one of our biggest selling books of all time at Burning Ball Publishing. So um, well done. I mean, yes, I it, think it's a, didn't you, uh, didn't you have me do a, I have a quote in there. Um, and I'm pretty sure I said something about you could see the, uh, the film running in your head as you read it. Yeah. It, um, it's one that sometimes you, as a small press, there's always a, a certain level of writing and all that you, you come across, but you just, you don't come it across that often to where it's really an A-list top notch story. It's solidly executed. And yes. uh, to give some folks a background on it, it's written as a series of articles and clues and different things, almost as if you are an investigator. And as you read through yes. these different pieces that were collected over a course of time, you start to wonder about the suspect and if she's guilty or not. Right. And, um, and it really allows you, the reader, to actually take part in making your own conclusions if if uh, the crimes were really committed by her or was it really a boogeyman or some kind of demonic force mm. that really was at work and that that there that that the uh, law enforcement etc are pinning it on the girl exactly because um, at, at the very beginning it really seems like a cut and dry case which is what really t- sucks you in but as you read through mm-hmm. all the clues you're not so sure as it goes on and um I noticed that uh, it had sold like he has been doing large shows out in California. He just got through doing uh, Scare L.A. And I think he sold like something like 74 copies of it at that one event, uh, which is really a large, <laughs> as, you, as you know, David. Yes. Being, a, being that you faded out. An I, independent writer, a small press writer, you don't have the same advertising budget as like Twilight or yeah, you don't have ugh, the same kind of a, yeah. even if though we try our best, A-list authors like Stephen King and you know Stephanie Meyer and all those, they they get the the big backing, all these ads, big big uh, newspaper ads and all this uh, visual stuff that that reminds people to buy their book. So mm-hmm. when a when a small press author comes out to a show and sells 74 copies mm-hmm. that's a testament to the Integrity. interest level Integrity. and uh, and what people really 
really like. That you know? it's an incredible read. I'm telling you, folks, turn off your damn Olympics and you know it's all sex and spoiled brats anyway. Who needs more moose toe? I'm I'm so done with the Olympics right now. You know, pick up a horror novel right now, like this one from Josh Hancock, Girls of October, and you will thank me for it. Oh yes, uh, and also just to, to add just one little thing. A couple weeks ago, I was approached by a company who options books to turn them into major Hollywood movies, and they were asking me for Josh's uh, contact information because they were highly interested in the Girls of October. Fantastic. So I, I haven't found out the outcome of that, but I do know that that's a very positive, uh, a positive uh, developing story for Josh. But well deserved. Well deserved. Absolutely. I mean, I, Absolutely. the little guys. There's so much out there, folks, that, and that's why I do Kettle Whistle Radio. There's so much out there that people don't know because they're going for the mainstream garbage. I mean, I'm sitting here as I speak. I got sent some vinyl. I get vinyl, a lot of vinyl. Uh, the Bloody Nerve just sent me these vinyl albums, and they're just fantastic. They're beautiful, and their music is amazing, and these are just great, great folks. They're all, I mean, just, I, they've been with us uh, for, I don't know, 100 episodes now, but The Bloody Nerve, check them out on Bandcamp, iTunes, um, everything they do is great, but these are artists that deserve to be heard, not the garbage you hear on the radio, and not the stuff you see on TV, and that's why, Gary, I'm pretty sure that's why you do what you do. Absolutely. I I wanted to, well, one of the reasons I created Burning Ball Publishing was to give the independent writer a voice. Um, and it's so, so frequent that, that if you are not a popular writer to begin with that has a, a well-established following, it's very, very difficult to, to break into the A-list or the, the, those, in fact, even A-list authors that I've spoken with, um, are having difficulty maintaining their their renewal contracts for their second books, etc., their follow up books because the industry is so competitive right now, and and the the reality is is that readers are fickle customers customers yeah fickle's one thing but I don't want to really say Stupid. what happened is is you've got a a medium out there where there's so much information. A person can read a book, they can watch a movie, they can read Facebook, they can read, you know, do Twitter, they can do all of this stuff. So their attention to read a book is smaller and smaller and smaller. So even though the, the readers are still out there, they are bombarded with, with things that consume their time and energy. So it makes it harder and harder to sell books mm-hmm. and for writers to get their writings published and noticed out there. Yes. So that's why I really applaud programs like uh, kettle whistle radio and what you're doing is to allow folks such as uh, us and you know us little guys to to talk about our projects yes. and, and to be heard. And uh, you uh, recently wrote a screenplay. Were you telling me that? Uh, yes, yes. Okay. I'm. Uh, I've got a couple things in in the in the works. Um, I have a I have a comedy screenplay that I worked on with Solon Sangaris. And a lady oh, named God. Stephanie Hand. Not that maniac uh, again. Yeah, that, it's it's a comedy <laughs> called. Uh, a Hard Day in the Life of Virgil Bonner. It's on the, the order of Benny Hill and. Nice. Uh, yeah, and, uh, Benny Hill and, and Monty Python. So it sort of has British undertones. Um, and, uh, then I'm also in the middle of working on a, uh, I'm about three quarters of the way done right now on a horror screenplay for a, uh, 
a movie project that I'd like to do called Impound. And being that it, we're not finished with that yet, I won't go over the details quite yet on the radio, but I will say that it's going to be pretty intense. Cool. Uh, you, you don't stop. You don't stop, my friend. Um, speaking of Salon Sangeris, um, uh, me and him have a table at the Living Dead Fest. Oh, great. Uh, yeah, yeah. And that's uh, in Evans City on um, October 14th through the 17th. I can't remember. Is that right? 14th? I don't know. It's a Friday 14th uh, through 16th or something like that. But, yeah, we got a table there. Same table. We got the same uh, same place we were last time. Where nice. I, I actually sold out, which was fantastic. I mean, just, just I don't know. What a great show. And I love those people, uh, Kevin Christ. And, uh, of course, I got to give a shout-out to Martise and April, my buddies. Who set us up at that table? And uh, is it Allison Turbidi that sets the whole thing up with Kevin? There's uh, there, and I think Mandy Danger also right. works on it with them. Right, and um, right. and uh, Lawrence De Vincent's too works there with the Living Dead Museum. They do the tours yes. Yes. of uh, Evan City and all that. In fact, uh, I think this year uh, Lynn Lowry is going to be there too. Right, I, I just um, saw and, Man- I just saw Mandy Danger at the. Uh, the Horror Realm Flea Market a couple of weeks ago, and that was a fantastic time. Um, something I want to say, too, because uh, everybody's so critical these days, um, and you as a writer, publisher, I mean, you put yourself out there. People are so critical, but you know what? I don't feel that they have a, um, a soapbox until they put themselves out there. They can criticize Absolutely. everything. They can criticize everything you do, and I, I've gotten, you know, whatever. I don't read my reviews. I don't care, but I, I got... Uh, uh, an, a really nasty letter, handwritten, uh, four pages long, on how bad I suck. And uh, as I read it, I realized this person <laughs> really sucks. <laughs> oh yeah, there are people that are just really, really ate up. Um, I mean, when you're especially, you're more vulnerable as a new author than you are as one seasoned one. Um, but the truth is, is the the better you get, or the more exposure that you get. You will encounter the haters. That's, oh, that's yeah. the truth of the matter. So used I mean, to it. that was the thing with the big criticism of my book, uh, Darkened Hills, was a lot of people didn't like the the approach that I took with it, which I was very forthcoming on it. Which is a um, it's a reimagination of the characters of Dracula with the the plot structure of Salem's Lot set in Salem, West Virginia. And I, that's kind of how I, a nutshell. How but I you set the it. stage. You yes, set the that, stage. That was book one. Now, all the other books take on their own life and all that, but I wanted to create a, a concept novel. And even though that novel had a lot of acclaim, I mean, it's got a ton of great reviews. It won the, the 2010 Book of the Year from Forward Reviews Magazine for the top horror novel of that year. That even against the A-list writings but even though that was there we had a ton of haters there was one person that went on there and tried to break down every single plot element and map it to just basically saying it was just a ripoff even though it's a it's a concept novel and it it, as that was one of my first novels so that really it really bothered me and i can say that anytime you get the hate stuff it you can be vulnerable to that but i'll tell you what i I use that hate to turn it around and says, well, if you really hate this, I'm going to do a whole series on it. <laughs> and, um, and that, and now we're, we're up to book five. Yeah. Love it. So, um, love which, it. By the way, the latest, the latest, the latest book just came out and that's called, uh, Darkened Minds. So if you get a chance to go head over to www.darkenedhills.com and there's links right to it for, for <laughs> the, the, any, any version you want. One, two, three, four, or five. Or might as well get them all, and if you see me, I'll sign them for you. 
quit hating and start creating, you motherfuckers. That's exactly right. I mean, it, it uh, the, they always say that, you know, that most every story imitates Shakespeare or, or whatever, but the truth is, the human condition and things that people encounter, if you go on a really high level, any kind of plot has already been done, um, mm. in some level. I mean, that, mm. that's why we, Dwell, devil in bizarro elements to create new, new, new uh, interesting angles on that. But at the same token, any, even the most original, newest stories are still based on some age old plot that's already been done before in some other way. So the haters will take the most arcane, obscure parallelism and just use that to slam people with. Yes. I mean, the way that, the, in the way I tell folks, in fact, I had another author just um, just approach me this week. It was very um, very down in the dumps because his book hasn't really moved, and he's created a second book, and he can't get anybody to review it and and all that. And I, I told him, I said, let's let's pause for a moment and get yourself on on better footing because I could tell that he was really bothered by the the perception, oh. the public perception, you know, yeah, you and, get over and that. You, mm. you, you know, that the public will slaughter you. Yep. And the truth is the better you get at it, the more you have under your belt, the more that they're going to come after you. And, and the truth is, is it's, it's here's, here's what I think, David. I think it, that people, it's not that, that, uh, that they are truly hating you. Hmm. They don't want you to succeed. Because it makes their position in life look bad. Wow. And I, profound. And I know that's, that's profound thoughts, but this is True. the way, the truth. I found that, uh, that, uh, that they, when, when you, especially if they know you or they're in some, somehow in your circle, um, then if you're accelerating and doing all this stuff and people are saying, oh, look what Dave's doing. Dave's got this out. Dave's got that out. Dave's got that out. Then all that they can come back with is try to, attack the position because they don't have enough of their own self-worth or self-achievements to even be in the same discussion. You are absolutely correct. And actually, my buddy Stacy Blood from The Bloody Nerve, that's why I brought them up, the band The Bloody Nerve, fantastic. These two, oh, they're just so good, said exactly what you said in different words, that you get very seldom do you get support from friends and family when you put something creative on Facebook or Twitter, they do not back you up. And it, it, no, they don't. They don't. No. And we talked about that too, Gary. Uh, and it's it, it's weird, but um, I it, it's so damn true. But you put a, a, pic, a picture up of a, a freaking cat, and all of a sudden everybody's oh, it's so cute. You got fifty hits. Like, but why won't you support this thing I did? You know, right? Uh, and That's... I'm not whining. It's just it's a real thing. <laughs> and, oh yeah, uh, Stacy Blood, man. Yeah, we we've talked about this on the show too. But there's zero support, and it's weird. You know, uh, they'd rather watch, like I said, the whiny Olympics in their camel toes. I'm not afraid of the dark, but you should be. There are things that dwell here in the dark. Things best left unseen. With the initial smoke cleared from the fall of tomorrow, the blood now flows even thicker with dwelling in the dark. Eleven stories. Eleven stories. All bits of the same mysterious puzzle 
fitting together with horrific parallels to its predecessor. Get ready for new, truly terrifying tales set in the broken world from the fall of tomorrow. Take a closer look at what's now dwelling in the dark. If you dare. Available on Amazon in traditional print and ebook. Get your copy today. Visit www.fairlydarkproductions.com for more info on the author and his work. Still here? Okay. Let's play a game. <laughs> and we are back with Gary Lee Vincent, publisher, actor, everything, superhero. There we go. <laughs> All right, so we were, we were both involved with this little movie with the veteran of zombies, John Russo himself. Jack to friends. I shouldn't say that. Um, Uncle John. My Uncle John is a yeah. zombie. My Uncle John is a zombie. And what a fun time that was. Yes, it was. Um, it, it, we uh, taped a big chunk of it um, in December. And uh, we've been shooting some more things this spring. Uh, John went out to L.A. Mm-hmm. and filmed a whole other section of it. And we also went to, um, we had Tiffany Shapus do a cameo in it. Nice. And we also, uh, we're, we're getting very, very close to wrapping up post-production. Uh, most of the film has been edited, and we're just looking to do some color correction and sound, and we should be ready to go very soon. Is he, are we still calling this a, uh, I don't know, a part of the living, Night of the Living Dead universe, or no? Well, it's um, anything that, that George Romero or John Russo does right. is, in essence, a part of their legacy. So uh, the good thing about My Uncle John is a Zombie is that it's it's a zombie movie that was written and directed by John Russo mm-hmm. and co-directed by Robert Lucas because John plays uh, Uncle John. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, you know, if a person wants to correlate, in uh, Night of the Living Dead, uh, John Russo played the tire iron ghoul. Um, and in uh, My Uncle John is a Zombie, um, we learn about Uncle John, who was a zombie that survived the original zombie outbreak and is sheltered by his family after a long period of of being in, in hiding. So, um, you know, it, even though it's not technically a sequel, it is part of a zombie universe yes. that was championed by you know, John Russo and George Romero ever since they created the original Night of the Living Dead. So it's the originals. Uh, it's something to really be proud to be a part of. Um, I know that you were, were one of the zombies that gets shot. And, yeah. uh, I play Uncle John's crazy uh, uh, buffoon of a nephew, Oscar, <laughs> who tries his best to keep Uncle John safe in spite of all the zombie hunters and people that are trying to get him. Um, I know that our, our initial reactions to some of the screeners, we, we've shown it to a private group of, on our editing team, and they've been raving about it. So we, we're hoping that we've got something really special on our hands. I know that our when we debuted the teaser trailer, within the first four days, we had over 50,000 views. 
<laughs> on YouTube. So <laughs> obviously there must be something about this movie that people are going to want to watch. So we're really excited to be delivering it this year sometime. I, quite frankly, um, to be directed by Mr. Russo himself was such an honor. But he, he, this is kind of funny. Uh, my one scene, there were three scenes, but I think only one's going to make the cut. Um, where I get shot in the head and the guys from Toe Tag did the, uh, the blood squirt out of my, the back of my head. Um, I, I, it took three takes because Mr. Russo himself with the photographer, the cinematographer, what's his name, Rob? Oh yeah, we had the, the cinematographer was Mike Schiff. Mike, thank you. Yeah, and uh, of course Mike was also the, the cinematographer for season one of the Howard Stern show. So we, right. we got a pretty famous famous crew in addition to famous writers and directors. Well, here's the deal. I couldn't die right. So like the first two takes, I remember John, <laughs> Mr. Russo, getting like in my face, not in my face, but you know, camera space wise. He's like, Dave, you're a zombie. They're stupid. You can do this. I'm like, thanks. Wow, John. So nice to hear that from you. You've been in my house. But, you know, fantastic. I, I, just to get that from him, I, I, I almost cried <laughs> as I got my blown, my, my head blown off. And, um, it was the best death scene I think I could ever do right after that. So <laughs> you, I, you nailed it. You I, nailed I, it I, while yeah. they were nailing you. I, I nailed, yes, absolutely. And Mr. Russo in my face. Yes, but yeah. So anyway, any more on Uncle John? Yes. So that that um, that's what we know is that uh, we've got uh, we've got we've got the full edit done. They're doing the final color correction. Hopefully, in the immediate future, um, it's just a matter of scheduling it with the the lab out there in in California. Robert Lucas is handling that, and then we have um, we're hoping to get Brian Chumney from Skywalker Sound. Nice. work with us on the sound um and there's emails out for that so we're we're getting very very close to having this this in the can we will have more for you on uh, definitely on kettle whistle radio about the 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 i guess the uh what do you want to call it the the road to uncle john my uncle john is a zombie before it comes out we're gonna get a bunch of folks on here i hope uh with the help of gary here but in the meantime check out demon eye man and if you watch that trailer demon eye it's on youtube right now my friend erica timko from Askew Bicoup, uh, studios did that trailer and Magnet School is the band behind the music and they just oh. made it sound so good. Yeah, folks, if you guys are listening, you know, Demonize is only $4.99 online to buy in a physical form. So, you know, that's not much more than a cup of coffee. So if anybody wants to just really see some really great art, support David, support Burning Bulb and our, our efforts, we, we worked on this for almost 18 months. It's really, uh, it's really a good investment in, in local art. And, um, definitely go over there, grab a copy. You won't regret it. It's really good. Fun stuff. And I am at Fairly Dark on Twitter. And go to my website, www.fairlydarkproductions.com for all Kettle Whistle Radio and anything you need horror-wise. And a couple of books there you might like. I'm just saying. Uh, Gary, where do we find you? Yes. Okay. You can find my personal stuff on my website at www dot garyvincent.com that's g-a-r-y-v-i-n-c-e-n-t.com and if you want to check out our big catalog of burning bulb publishing authors that's really easy you just go to www.burning bulb like a light bulb burning bulb publishing.com www.b-u-r-n-i-n-g-b-u-l-b 
P-U-B-L-I-S-H-I-N-G.com, Burning Ball Publishing. And there you can check out some of the news. You can click on authors and see all kinds of stuff different authors have written and things that we've worked on. So it's very good, good stuff out there. Absolutely. And it's fun, folks. It's fun. Not like these whiny Olympians. I don't know why I keep talking about them. Anyway, so we're going to go out with a song from my friend, my charming, sexy friend, Jet Noir, from Across the Pond, from her album, The Hall of Ghosts, available on iTunes and Bandcamp. Uh, Thy Dagger, which is a fantastic song, folks, if you're into this sort of music. If you're not, you should listen to it anyway. That's why we're here. Um, and before that was Idiot Stare at Bandcamp. Dot com and iTunes. Gary Lee, Vincent, thank you so much for being on Kettle Whistle Radio. Hey, thanks for having me, David. It's always a pleasure. You know we're going to do it again.
Welcome to the Candle Power Hour. Come with us backstage behind the scenes of show business spanning over four decades and bringing you the experiences that can only be told by the people who were there. Our guests are from the A-list, the F-list, and everyone in between. Get set for some of the most insane, hilarious, and inspiring stories you will ever hear. I'm Mercury. And I'm Diego. Your host for the, the Candle, Candle Power, Power Hour. Hour. Have you ever wondered what actually happens in Congress every day? Stay informed on Capitol Hill's daily happenings with a concise, factual summary of the Senate and House of Representatives activities from the previous session, free from bias, on the Congressional Record Daily Digest podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and discover the process from the heart of U.S. politics. The Congressional Record Daily Digest, an electric cast production. Electric acid. Electric acid.